This episode of the 501st Cast is dedicated to the following members. Thomas Ryan Soxa, TB5779 from Garrison Carita. Ryan was preceded in life by his wife, Courtney Soxa, TI9305. Michael A. Huggins, TK77049, also from Garrison Carita. Dr. Robert Dad Yetman Perenchief, SL7082 from Florida Garrison's Makazi Squad known to so many as the Emperor from the Star Wars Weekend's Parades. Kelly Jerome Robertson, DZ20604, from Ranker Raiders Garrison. Moon Dejambre, DZ81965, from Belgian Garrison. She is survived by her companion, Emmanuel, TI72806. We solemnly enter their names into our Hall of Eternal Legionnaires. We found a computer outlet, sir. Plug in. You should be able to interpret the entire Imperial network. You are listening to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion, Lucasfilm's preferred Imperial costuming organization. Stay tuned to global news from the front lines of the Empire as the men and women of Vader's Fist celebrate decades of promoting Star Wars, honing the art of costumes and props, and contributing to the community through charity and volunteer work. Give me regular reports, please. Right. And here are your hosts. Take it away, troopers. Copy that. Welcome back to the 501st Cast, the official podcast of the 501st Legion Vader's Fist. This is episode 128 for March 2021, and here are your hosts, myself, Nikki, DZ8397. This is Marcus, TK14057. Um, this is Todd, TB, TI10078. I'm Joe, TI and SL12743. I was reminded that when I released the 501st Cast Classics episode the other day, uh, I actually used to always say... I think 8397. And now I've always been saying 8397. I've like tried to truncate it over the years, apparently. In any case, the 501st Legion is currently at 14,141 members with 30,927 approved costumes in the Legion. Our newest member listed on 501st.com at the time of recording is Antonio TK85623, a New Hope stunt stormtrooper for Outpost 42 Garrison in New Zealand. In this episode, we attend more virtual Zoom events, but some in-person ones too, celebrate our newly elected Legion Commanding Officer and newly awarded Trooper of the Year. Stay tuned. The yearly 501st Legion elections concluded a couple weeks ago, and last term's Legion Commanding Officer remains at her post for this upcoming term. Congrats to Ngeli Hedberg, TI3893 from Nordic Garrison, and congratulations as well to all of our new and returning Garrison, Outpost, Squad, and Detachment leaders. Our Costa Rica Garrison recently released a podcast. The first episode is about seven minutes long and sets out to give a brief explanation and history of the 501st Legion and Costa Rica Garrison, and talks a bit about what they do. We'll have a link to it in our show notes. Great job, guys. 
We certainly have a well-rounded batch of new additions to our costume reference library since our last episode, with entries from eight different detachments. Speaking of detachments, we're actually going to talk a bit more about them a little later on. The Imperial Combat Assault Trooper driver from the Mandalorian is now live thanks to our Armored Cavalry Detachment. An updated pilot CRL from the Jolly Roger Squadron. Uh, attention, this CRL actively replaces the A New Hope and Return of the Jedi TIE Pilot CRLs. The Return of the Jedi TIE Pilot CRL will be grandfathered in two weeks from this notice. Our Pathfinders Detachment has greenlit the Shore Trooper Heavy from Battlefront 2. The 1st Imperial Stormtrooper Detachment has added another classic TK CRL to their roster, this time for the variant seen in the Force Unleashed game. Our Imperial Officer Corps has added the Imperial Staff Officer, Non-Saga, to their roster, essentially ones seen in Rogue One, Solo, The Mandalorian, and The Expanded Universe. Our Sovereign Protectors Detachment has three new entries. The Royal Guard, as seen in The Force Unleashed, the Senate Guard from The Force Unleashed, and the Senate Commando, as seen in Seasons 1 through 3 of The Clone Wars. The highly anticipated CRL for the Sith Trooper from The Rise of Skywalker is now live thanks to the hard work of our Spec Ops Department. I know folks were asking about this one even before the movie came out due to all the promo imagery. And last but not least, our CRL completing the Star Clone Trooper Detachment has added the 91st Reconnaissance Corps Phase 2 armor as seen in Battlefront 2 to their roster. The 91st Reconnaissance Corps was a Clone Trooper Corps within the Grand Army of the Republic during the Clone Wars. Troopers of the 91st Reconnaissance Corps were characterized by a unique red emblem on their armor. All those costumes are now ready for independent GML approval. As always, you can check out links directly to each new CRL in our show notes, and you can see the full list at 501st.com slash CRL. Thanks again to the Legion membership team for these updates. After hosting this podcast for more than a decade, we sometimes forget that we may have new listeners that aren't familiar with some of the terminology that has become second nature to us. So we're going to start to make a concerted effort to have a 501st 101 type segment for each episode. This month, we're going to explain how detachments work in the 501st Legion. The 501st has 16 detachments or costume research sites worldwide. You can find the list at 501st.com slash resources Unlike our garrisons and outposts, which are broken up geographically, the detachments are broken up by costume type and consist of members from all over the world, either with that specific costume already or interested in building that particular costume. Their main goal is to share knowledge about costume construction and share resources regarding the costumes under their responsibility. For example, our Pathfinders detachment. And hopefully many of you caught our recent 501st cast live on the main Legion Facebook page where our guest was their detachment leader. You can go find the link on our Facebook page. Pathfinders was a detachment that started out as just being responsible for biker scouts, but has now grown to Kashyyyk troopers, shore troopers, and more. Detachment forums are accessible for all recruits. Unlike the main 501st Legion forums, which are members only, the detachment forums and many of your local garrison forums are open for recruits to create accounts on. We highly encourage potential members to start with researching at our detachments and get in touch with your local garrison before making any costly purchases. The detachment forums will have numerous tutorials, 
threads where fellow customers have documented their builds, and resources on where you can find various components for your costumes. But they are not stores. You should not go to our detachment forums and add a full costume to your shopping cart experience. That's not how it works. Now, since they house decades of costume research, some people can find our detachments intimidating, especially those younglings who didn't grow up with the forums like us older folks. So please feel free to ask questions of your local garrison and fellow detachment members, and they can help point you in the right direction. For our general tutorial on how to join, you can always go to 501st.com slash join. So those were the basics on what detachments are and how they work for the 501st Legion. I don't know, fellas, did I miss anything? You got more to share on this? Well, um, I definitely recommend joining a detachment um, before you commit to um, an investment in a costume. And I think that's what a costume is. It's an investment. Uh, you you never want to put any, what doesn't matter what costume, whether it's a TK or an officer or what have you, I think you want to do it piecemeal, little by little. You never want to put everything together at once. And I think uh, detachments primarily serve to help you do just that and let your detachments help you so that you make the right decisions, that you don't waste all your money and make the wrong decision and then you end up not getting approved. Yeah, and that's a good point about the um, so much is different between building one costume versus another. So I know there's there's sort of two camps. One is just all detachment focused and another is uh, all garrison focused. And I really would l love to, you know, have a melding of both of those worlds um, because your garrison is the one who's going to review your costume and approve your costume and work with you on your costume. So obviously you want them in the loop, but they might not be a costume specialist for the costume that you're trying to build. So that's where your detachment family comes in because they will be a specialist on the costume that you're trying to build. So you really need, you know, both halves of that to, to make it a successful endeavor. And I understand that the GMLs are relying more heavily now on the uh, detachments themselves to help them with those approval processes. You know, it's uh, a big task to ask to have uh, every garrison's GML to be familiar with all, you know, 300 plus CRLs. Um, so the detachments definitely are the, the experts. And it's good that there is that ongoing back and forth between the GMLs and the detachments to uh, be able to have you know, a standard look across the entire Legion for a particular costume type. Also, once you browse the, you know, 16 detachments, you can see what, uh, you know, how many we really have in each detachment. Some have just a few and some have, like, the clone dribble and have, you know, hundreds. Um, so I think there's something for everybody in there when it comes to, you know, also how much you really want to spend. Um, usually the Cloth costumes are less expensive than the, the armored ones. So it, uh, but in the end, I think everybody finds their little, you know, niche, I guess, um, what, what they want to be. So definitely highly recommend to look at each costume, even the ones that be like, hmm, what, what is this? I've never heard of this one, especially like the characters in the underworld, um, detachment. Uh, I'm browsing them right now and some of them I've never heard of. Um, if I click on the picture, yes, I probably have seen it before, but um, yeah, it's, it's amazing what people have done. And they're so talented, you know, um, in, in with regard to putting this together accurately. Um, I mean, heads off to, to those people. I'm not one of them, for sure. <laughs> 
And the other thing is you don't, um, if you're building a costume, you don't have to limit yourself to only signing up for one detachment forum. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, if you're building uh, the Shadow Trooper, the Stealth Trooper, I'm not sure which one it's called nowadays. We were calling it a Shadow Trooper. Um, the the all-black classic TK. Uh, that, the Spec Ops detachment would be your uh, detachment for that costume. However, it has the same construction techniques as a regular classic TK, which is the first Imperial Stormtrooper detachment. Uh, yep. So it might be of benefit to you to sign up for both detachments because just based on the longevity of uh, FISD, you're going to have more information on there, which is another tutorial we should do for next episode is all of our acronyms like FISD or FISD. <laughs> FISD. That's how I say it. Other people say FISD. I like it. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. The Crimson Stormtrooper and the Shadow One, you know, just uh, they're just a different color. Um, I'm sure there are some fine nuances, but I think overall, generally, it's um, in essence, you you build a Stormtrooper just in a different color. Yeah, the detachments are broken up uh, into groups that more represent like a military organization, right? You've got your you know, mm-hmm. uh, your your army personnel, right? And then you've got your commanders, et cetera. It's not necessarily related to the costume itself, but where it fits in and its role. So the spec ops in particular have a lot of different specialized uh, troopers that they're, you know, the standard version would belong, like the uh, biker scout that I like to talk about, you know, is of course in the Pathfinders department, but there's a uh, a an all black version that because of its role, is actually part of the spec ops attachment. So you can go to both and uh, actually look at the construction, you know, just like uh, Nikki, you said with the, uh, the TK. Yeah. Cause spec ops used to be kind of our, our expanded universe catch all category. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously it's, it's evolved since then. And, um, but yeah, you can, the, the detachment forums are open for people to sign up for as many of them as you would like. You know, do research on a few different costumes that have caught your eye, and maybe you'll settle on, you know, which one you want to start to work on first. As we just mentioned, the Father Forest cast team has been going live on Facebook to help answer your questions about the Legion in a more interactive way. You can still catch the videos on the main Father Forest Legion Facebook page, and we'll eventually be adding them to YouTube as well. With a few general Q&A shows under our belts, we have decided to start calling on our detachments to join us on the live stream and answer some of your costume-specific questions. We'd love to hear what you want to know more about. Please feel free to message our Facebook page or email us at podcast at firefirst.com to let us know. For this month's Catching Up With Our Honorary Members, we'd like to give a shout-out to Star Wars author Ryder Wyndham and his ongoing dedication and support for World Blood Drive Day. Here's his recent Facebook post. The 8th Annual World Blood Drive is scheduled for Saturday, June 12, 2021. But because the ongoing pandemic presents challenges for organizing community blood drive events, we encourage all eligible donors to contact their local blood donation centers and make appointments to donate as soon as possible. The world needs life-saving heroes like you right now. Your O-positive friend, Ryder Wyndham. Conceived and organized by Star Wars fans, the World Blood Drive is an annual event to promote voluntary blood donations. Since 2014, the event is routinely scheduled for the second Saturday of June, 
and thousands of donors in more than 20 countries have participated. The event's organizers took inspiration from World Blood Donor Day, an annual event founded by the World Health Organization in 2004. The World Blood Drive shares WHO's WHO's goals to help promote unpaid blood donations and celebrate the generosity of blood donors all over the world. You can head to worldblooddrive.org and facebook.com slash worldblooddrive to learn more. And now a word from one of our sponsors. Hello, ladies. Look at your man. Now back at me. Now back at your man. Now back to me. Sadly, he isn't me. But if he stopped using his regular body wash and switched to old Sith, he could at least smell like me. Look down. Back up. Where are you? You're on a Star Destroyer with a Sith your Sith could smell like. What's in your hand? Back to me. I have it. He doesn't. Anything is possible when your man smells like old Sith. (coughs) I'm in a meditation chamber. On the evening of January 21st, Empire City Garrison attended a special autism event for the Nicholas Center that was done virtually over Zoom. They did a special Star Wars edition of their Zoomiverse program featuring costumed characters interacting with some of their participants with autism. Matt, ID 62257, Chris, TB6744, Alaric, DS41311, Joe, SL91452, and Bill, TK20177, attended from the ECG. They were joined by the Rebel Legion's Nick as Chewbacca. Dave Thompson was the host from the Nicholas Center, which is a New York-based nonprofit with the mission of providing the opportunity for people with autism to lead more full and productive lives. The Zoomiverse program is a new weekly social group which helps young people with autism build friendships and gain social skills through interaction. This week's theme was, of course, Star Wars, and we participated by answering questions in character and doing some Star Wars and general trivia with the over 25 participants. It was a great time for everyone, and the participants were very engaged and really enjoyed the experience. Thanks to Chris, TB6744, for that report. I think we talked about a similar troop to this one on a previous uh, episode of the 501st cast, but it's certainly worth the repeat, as the technology is so amazing. Or at least, I find it so amazing. Maybe I'm just newbie at this kind of technology thing. But on February 2nd, Dune C. Garrison was able to make a special visit to Phoenix Children's Hospital. Thanks to help from their friends at Child Life Zone, uh, Phoenix, Legion members were able to remotely control these amazing little droids, but not Star Wars droids. This is real-life, new technology droids that are essentially viewing tablets on wheels, where our members could zoom in, in costume, and from their homes, remotely control these little droids around the hospital to visit the children safely in their rooms. It's I'm just mind blown by this whole concept, as if you couldn't tell. Hospital staff decorated the rolling stands with kind of rudimentary costumes to match what our members were wearing on the screens. And of course, the rolling stands had cameras, so our members could also see the kids and what the kids were trying to show and tell with the characters. Because, you know, sometimes there's ones that are just young and 
they don't really verbally interact. You know, they're just, you know, holding up a picture that they drew or something like that. But that's still interaction that we really value with these kids that are hospitalized. And of course, while we'd all still love to resume in-person hospital visits, this amazing technology really seems like the next best thing. Empire City Garrison was asked to attend Middle Country Public Library um, upcoming Star Wars Zoom event on May 4th, 2021, virtually over Zoom. For the lead up to the event, the library invited any members who would like to come in and suit up to record a story time for the YouTube channel. All participating troopers were given a specific date and time slot to come to the library and create their video in adherence to their on ongoing social distancing practices. The library had set up a mini video recording studio, especially for this activity. Joe DS91452 did his recording on February 6th, and three more ECG members visited the library for their recording sessions on February 20th. The library was very accommodating of Joe's limited ability to see the print through his Kylo helmet and offered to read the words aloud for him to repeat. The prompter's voice would be edited out in post-production. They then shot some out-of-sequence video of Kylo entering the library, walking up to the reference desk, and going to the shelves where the Star Wars books were kept. All the Storytime videos will be available in April and May 2021 on the library's YouTube channel. All in all, a very nice experience, and Joe really appreciated a chance to get out of the house and do an in-person troop, limited as it was. Thanks to Joe, DS91452, and Chris, TB6744, for that report. And don't forget, you can always catch 501st Storytime on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash the 501st Legion. On February 20th, Empire City Garrison attended the Cerebral Palsy Association of Nassau County Polar Plunge Drive-By Fundraiser to help promote and raise funds for the virtual polar bear plunge. Chris, TB6744, Joe, SL91452, and Bill, TK20177, appeared outside the house of one of CP Nassau's biggest supporters, where more than 50 families drove by and stopped by to donate participate in raffles, and raise awareness about the virtual polar plunge. They had safety protocols in place, including masks, social distancing, and sanitizer. They managed to raise over $1,400 at the event, and ECG was happy they were able to attend. We'll have a link to a photo, news report, and how you can donate to Team Empire City Garrison in our show notes. Thanks to Chris, TB6744, for that report. Over the weekend of February 26th through the 27th, Outpost 42 Garrison was able to get out and support the Child Cancer Foundation. They had troopers on the ground in Auckland, Christchurch, Hamilton, and Wellington, New Zealand. They managed to raise over $3,000 for this wonderful charity, and they want to thank everyone for their support and kindness. From Tuesday, March 2nd through Friday, March 5th, Empire City Garrison members took solo shifts to help the Cerebral Palsy Association COVID-19 Vaccine Distribution Program at their center in Roosevelt, New York. Their task was to greet participants as they enter and take photos when requested of them. This was a very special program for the adults and children in the agency with disabilities but are eligible to get the vaccine. They wanted to add some excitement to the event. They had between 30 and 50 participants come during each day to get their vaccine, and they were accompanied by their parent or legal guardian. 
ECG members were able to suit up in the CP Nassau Development Building across the parking lot from the, the main building and then were escorted back across the street to the main building after they suited up. Our members had to confirm that they had not had COVID in the past 10 days, that they had not been exposed or in quarantine in the past 10 days, and that they were feeling well on that day. And there was a form our members had to fill out before suiting up, and then masks and social distancing rules were in effect. Chris, TB6744, Joe, SL91452, and Bill, TK20177, were able to attend from the ECG on very short notice and cover all the requested shifts. The charity was very appreciative, and they thought it was a great way to distract from COVID-19 and do something fun with the vaccination experience. They also had a free raffle with an optional donation for their virtual polar bear plunge. We'll have a link to a video where TK20177 pulled the winning ticket from that raffle, and it helped raise $200. They hope to do this again at the end of the month when those who got their first dose of the vaccine come back for their second dose. And ECG, of course, will be happy to support it again. Thanks, as always, to Chris, TB6744, for that report. Upcoming events. We actually have news about an upcoming event. As most people are aware, New Zealand dominated this virus and has been, for all intents and purposes, COVID-free since November. Any cases they do find are usually already quarantined. Because of their stellar efforts, our Outpost 42 garrison is able to resume normalish trooping lives again. They are delighted to have been asked to participate in the 2021 St. Patrick's Day Parade, which will take place on Sunday, March 14th. They took part in last year's inaugural parade and had a great time. There will be lots of fun acts, music, and dancing will be the activities of the day. Outpost 42 garrison troopers are looking forward to posing for photos, giving out fist bumps, and perhaps even a little surprise for younger fans to enjoy. Congratulations to the 2020 501st Legion Trooper of the Year, Bin Huang, TK62845, from Chinese Garrison. The 501st Legion Trooper of the Year Award is selected from those 12 who were honored with Trooper of the Month. Bin Huang was our January 2020 Trooper of the Month. Here is his original nomination for that, sent in by his commanding officer, Eddie, TK83126. As we all know, China has been suffering from epidemic of COVID-19 novel coronavirus since December 2019. It was a tough time for all the people, not only in this country, but also the entire world. As a respiratory physician, Bin Huang has stuck to his own post and continued to serve the public with his expertise and full passion on the front line of medical treatment since January. He had to give up the national holiday for the entire Chinese New Year period, and also lost the opportunity of his family reunion. During this fierce war against the virus, he could only have three to four hours rest for every 36 hours, keep fully concentrated on the treatment to the patients under the highly tense moments of a medical supplement, racing with the time to save lives, went through the most dangerous marathon in the world with nothing but his tenacity and morality. Most importantly, firm belief in protecting the people and families from this epidemic. During the period of the epidemic, Bin Wong not only 
got massive encouragement and regards from Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Weibo from Legion members all over the world. He is now still working with all his effort and strong faith on the front lines, on the battlefront as not only a brave medical fighter, but also a role model of Legion members of the 501st Legion Chinese garrison, encouraging all the members in China to go through the toughest times. Again, as a representative of the Chinese garrison, I nominate Mr. Bin Huang, TK62845, for Legion Trooper of the Month, January 2020, to appreciate his devoted work. Hope we could bring him this honor to represent our gratitude for his selfless, fearless service. Eddie Wong, TK83126, Chinese Garrison. Well, we say well done, Bin Wong. Just fantastic efforts throughout this global crisis. It does seem really fitting to have our Trooper of the Year be one of our invaluable frontliners battling this pandemic that has a shared experience for us all. Additionally, as a follow-up to last episode's shout-out, thanks go out to Jamie, TD12173, for sending us an awesome collection of stickers that we can use as handouts at local events, or that you always use as handouts at local events. These will be awesome in future 501st Cast prize packs. A new segment we're adding to each episode of the 501st Cast is a charity spotlight. Since our ability to help bring awareness to our local charities via our normal way, public appearances, has been greatly diminished these past 12 months, we wanted to help bring attention to charities beloved by our membership. Nikki highlighted one of Garrison Excelsior's charities last episode. In this episode, we have a submission form from Legion PR officer Erica BH51703. Millie's Princess Foundation is dedicated to providing financial support and hope to families affected by childhood cancer, as well as raising awareness about the devastating effects of this disease. Alpine Garrison has supported it for as long as Erica can remember, especially the foundation's signature events. Millie's Princess Run. The foundation is named after a young girl named Millie who was diagnosed with leukemia in December of 2009. Back in 2012, five of Millie's friends and neighbors mobilized to help offset the cataclysmic financial strain on the family by creating Millie's 5K Princess Walk slash run. After it was all said and done, the 2012 event drew national attention, more than 400 participants, $13,000 in cash donations, an additional $10,000 matching grant, and $7,000 in in-kind donations and services. 2013 brought with it nearly 800 race participants, but it was also the year that the charity lost their beloved young Millie. Her legacy lives on through this foundation, thanks to generous donations from the public. To learn more, head to milliespf.org or on Facebook facebook.com slash Millie's Princess Foundation. As always, our official home on the web is 501st.com slash podcast, where you can post your feedback and comments and listen to previous episodes of the show. The 501st cast can be tuned in via iTunes, podcasts.com, or Stitcher. The 501st cast is an easy way to catch up on a few weeks of Legion news while driving, at the office, or working out. But if you're looking for up-to-the-minute news, you'll need to get it from our social media feeds like Facebook and Twitter. 
Just look us up on Facebook as The 501st Legion or go to Facebook.com slash The 501st Legion. You can also follow us on Twitter as at 501st Legion or go to Twitter.com slash 501st Legion. Join in the discussion as thousands of fellow fans share their passion for trooping, Star Wars, and charity. The 501st Cast is also available on the iHeartRadio app. The 501st Legion is a worldwide Star Wars costuming organization comprised of and operated by Star Wars fans. While it is not sponsored by Lucasfilm Limited, it follows generally accepted ground rules for Star Wars fan groups. Star Wars, its characters, costumes, and all associated items are the intellectual property of Lucasfilm. Copyright and trademark Lucasfilm Limited. All rights reserved. Used under authorization. They also had a free raffle with optional optional. <laughs> Try that one again. I was just thinking as we were reading all of these that, you know, in another 10 years when we release this as a 501st cast classic, it's going to be so strange. At least I hope it's going to be so strange to listen to all the stuff that we went through this past year with masks and sanitizer and social distancing. Oh, I can't wait until this is a long distant memory. And and who would have thought that when those uh, you know aliens came from Mars, you know, in response to our <laughs> rovers, that they would you know also be wearing the masks, you know, in uh, recognition of our local customs. You know, I mean, so that was fantastic. You know, and yeah. I'm sure they that saw really World of the Worlds of and, and had to uh, take precautions. Exactly. So it'll be great to to hear that ten years from now when uh, you know when we remember their their first uh, appearance. You know. When they arrived. You know, I'm putting that at the end. (laughs) (laughs) You need to insert, like, spooky more of the world's music or something. (laughs) 